0: The Placing You First podcast begins in less than 20 seconds. Visit crcgroup.com to subscribe, download our award-winning tools and Intel articles that help you stay aware of emerging issues and trends, or get a snapshot of the insurance marketplace with our industry-leading ready indexes. You'll find it all on crcgroup.com under tools and Intel. The last few years have been downright painful for healthcare. COVID-19 and its resulting panic and fear has caused the healthcare insurance marketplace to remain tight, even causing some carriers to leave the space. Today we talk with three CRC healthcare experts. Bob Allen is from Propraxis, a CRC group company, providing specialty programs to large healthcare organizations. Rusty Hughes and Alex Gold are brokers in the Birmingham, Alabama office, with expertise in senior living healthcare facilities and medical staffing risks. Is there relief on the way for healthcare? We find out next. Welcome to the Placing You First podcast from CRC Group. I'm your host Dan Wentz, and this podcast features news and insights from CRC Group's vast knowledge base of 4,300 plus associates who write in excess of 23.5 billion dollars of premium annually. And we're giving you insider access to what's happening in our company and the types of insurance we place. This is the Placing You First podcast. Okay, so we're joined by uh, a. The, uh, the brain trust of CRC Group's healthcare practice. Uh, look at this. Uh, Bob Allen is here with us from ProPraxis Insurance. And Bob, where are you guys at again? You're up in New York or something, right? New
1: Jersey. We're in the big city.
0: The big city. But, well, it's it's not as big as it used to be. It's a little quieter, but yeah, the big city. It was so and uh, also from the big city, uh, a different big city, uh, Rusty Hughes. <laughs> would you refer to would you refer to, to Birmingham, Alabama is uh, the big city, Rusty?
2: Man, we used to we used to proclaim it the largest city in Alabama, but we're getting tailed by a northern Alabama city that shall remain nameless on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs>
1: is it that bad? Come on, Say it.
0: <laughs> Huntsville, man. Yeah, Huntsville's growing leaps and bounds, yeah. and also uh, Alex here from our uh, Alex Gold from our uh, CRC Birmingham office. So, guys, what have you been up to? It's been a while since we've uh, we've talked. Uh, there's been a new uh, baseball champion, right? The Atlanta Braves. <laughs> Bob, that
2: hurts your soul, I know, man. But you know, uh, also Birmingham does claim Atlanta as the baseball home. You know what I mean? So
3: hey, they claim it's a new dynasty count that's about to happen down here. So
1: yeah, well. When when they have what is it four four World Series Yankees have won maybe one out of every three World Series but that's okay it's they're catching up yeah
0: you got to let us have it while we can right so uh, for those of for those of you that don't know I'm also in Birmingham Alabama too so uh, don't let the the remote from everyone uh, working from home fool you. Uh, all three of us, Rusty, Alex, and and I work out of the same office, and Bob, of course, up north. But uh, speaking of working remotely, COVID nineteen it's been an issue for a really long time, and specifically when it comes to healthcare, it's been a, a hot topic with us, um, and and you know the implications for our business. So why don't we start with Bob? Bob, what's the what's the update on COVID nineteen? Is this a concern still? I mean, are we still thinking about this, considering it?
1: Yeah, you know. Th- I'll go with uh, really our hospital clients. So for them, they've been able to manage it. So there's backup plans for having equipment. Most hospitals have gone to an approach of everyone being vaccinated. From a lot of the underwriters' perspective, it's not as much of an issue as it used to be. Um, And in those handful of cases where it's excluded, I think uh, a lot of insurance companies may be Looking at it, um, it's going to be an issue for a while. And I think there's an example that was actually down in Alabama where a gentleman was seeking care, beds were full, yeah, I think he had had a stroke and was going from facility to facility. No one could really take him. He eventually ended up in Mississippi, and I think the delay in care actually uh, he passed away. So you know, even if you had a COVID exclusion on your policy, that's not going to prevent that lawsuit or prevent coverage for failing to, you know, provide adequate care. So, you know, all those places that might be sued for that delay in treatment or that or that denial of treatment, I think that may be where law firms start to look going forward. But um, for most of our hospital clients, they have coverage. There's no exclusion. So I don't know, Rusty, Alex, in your space, in the senior living space, that was pretty, pretty hard.
2: Really two sides to that story in senior living. There's the resident's point of view and the employee's point of view. There's still a big battle going on behind the scenes that we don't really hear a lot about in the news anymore. But majority of residents are vaccinated these days. You still have an employee base that may or may not accept the vaccine. And so you have sort of that rub going on. You have carriers still unwilling for the most part to cover the exposure. And then the third part of that is, what is this supposed second wave that we've just come through? What is the claim dump going to look like uh, in six months, eight months? And how are the carriers going to respond to that now that there's more responsibility placed on these operators because they're supposed to know how to handle it now? And I think one more
3: thing to to add about about COVID within senior living facilities is, with this new mandate for the employees um, to be vaccinated within the senior living community, I think it's the effect of what it'll have on those communities as far as staffing goes. Uh, I know one thing that was talked about at the NIT conference very frequently was staffing concerns. And now with the mandate that is being out there, how will it affect facilities or continue to affect facilities going forward? Staffing's already concerned. Now the mandate is there Will it continue to cause even more concern, which may lead to more, perhaps negligence of care and uh, and so forth? So something else
0: to kind of kind of keep an eye on. What about uh, allied healthcare? Yeah,
3: I, I mean, I think the allied healthcare space, just generally speaking, um, it's more about its pockets than anything. I mean, generally speaking, with allied healthcare, it's not as a severe area or severe case as senior living. Again, it's it's more about its pockets. It's more about the the nurse staffing space and where they actually staff uh to hospitals and to senior living facilities correctional medicine being a big really big tough area as well but um yeah i mean allied healthcare in general it's just it's not so much of an issue uh so much for for covid but again it's just it's more about the pockets that are that are there within the the area where where it's really tough and where the rates are are still pretty tough there
1: as we look at new programs, new uh, new carrier partners, for our clients, Allied health is probably the one space where new markets keep asking, "Hey, could you get us into that space?" Hey, are the rates still staying flat enough in the in the broader allied health space is is now the time to get in. So if it's somewhere Um, we keep getting these things. If it's, if there's no adolescence involved and it's not residential, like group home exposure um, that would, you know, so if it's not residential, you don't have the COVID exposure, pharmacy, stuff like that. A lot of the software stuff that's in the allied space where um, we haven't seen the same sort of loss activity. There's a lot of markets sitting on the outside and not just sort of lower rated companies. I'm talking like eight plus 15 companies, who are sitting there waiting to get into this space. So I I would say while healthcare is a market in transition, allied health is probably the one where we're seeing the most interest for for new companies.
0: Okay, so Rusty, what about uh, from a more general standpoint, we kind of touched on senior living from uh, the COVID angle. What about generally? How is the uh, senior living area going?
2: Well, I would say senior living, if you compare it to the same time period If we're sitting the same month in 2020, I think you would see the uh, generally accepted still moving in that 30 to 40% increase range for the general segment of senior living business. That's not even taking into account difficult placements. It was a 30 to 40% jump even through all of 2020. I think if you compare where we sit today uh, to that time period, I would call it we're in a transitioning market from a hard market to a middle-of-the-road market, meaning we're knocking that percentage increase back down to a more acceptable 10 to 15% on average for that same uh, middle market senior living business. Some of that is um, driven by new entrants. Some of it is driven by the entrance of risk retention groups grabbing at that business. I think when you have those two factors at play, it causes the markets that were already entrenched in that market to heavily concentrate on their renewal books, trying to keep that new business play from the new entrance at bay. And there's just an increased pressure at a time when I'm not really sure that the time is right to be dumping as much rate as we've seen dumped over the last 12 months. So. I don't know. I I would be interested to know what Bob and what Alex see from their perspective, but I would say one other note I'd like to make about the senior living is particularly in the excess markets, I would say that it is much less erratic than it was 12 months ago. Those markets have calmed down a bit, not to say that the excess markets are not still difficult. They're just a bit more calm than they were this time a year ago.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think from the excess standpoint of things, um, Russia, we were looking at 12 months ago, where where are we going to find some of these excess placements? So now there's been a little bit more entrance in there slowly, and there's a few options for us to choose from. But it's still being cautious, but um, it's it's
2: starting to ease up a little bit, though, which is good. I also think that every other carrier, that any carrier that's involved in this class of business right now, that has been there and been through both the ramp up to the hard market and sort of walk through the soft market up to that time. I think every single one of them that been in the market will tell you that there's still material development in prior loss years. And I mean, as far back as 16 and 17, they're still seeing development that a lot of the newer entrants don't have to worry with. And so I think that's why you'll see a clear difference as we go forward to the traditional markets that have been entrenched in the space, you'll see them acting differently than the new entrants that have only been in it for, say, the past 18 to 24 months. There'll be a clear, different chess play coming from both of those sides of the table.
0: Yeah, interesting. So let's talk about the specialties uh, locum tenants first. We can uh, hit Bob with that one. I'm out on that one. I'm out on that one.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's a tough one. Yeah, I'll leave, I'll let Bob
1: handle that. Yeah, all the all the fun stuff. Leave that to me. So, you know, I I I put I put locum tenens and even correctional medicine. I think there's there's sort of this thing that's going on where within tough classes, people we still have markets that are willing to stay in, but the numbers dropped off drastically, and everyone has sort of well defined their appetite. So whether it's locum tenens and it's someone that's saying. You know, if there's more than 10 FTEs, I'm not going near it uh, versus others who have taken a completely different approach and say, um, do you need fronting paper? Do they, you know, know, do they need claims handling for their large SIR? Um, There are those markets that will only play in that because they feel like the the losses are more predictable, you know, sort of law of large numbers. So it's not that it's the class is impossible to place. You just have to know for this client, for this for this potential insured, who's who's the best box to put them in. Uh, correctional medicine, you know, I think we're down to three markets. Seriously, Group happens to have one of the three markets, and and so it's but it's the exact same thing. We have one market that takes the really small. Uh, we have one that that takes sort of the midsize to large. Maybe two markets that take midsize to large, and then there's um, actually I guess. We also have another market that does excess on, say, the top five providers of correctional medicine. So with, you know, with these tougher classes, it's, it's not impossible to place, but it is getting a lot harder, uh, especially if you have someone who's burned someone and they're in one of those three spaces. So that's, that's where it gets a little harder on our side
3: it's it's tough and the marketplace kind of shrinks when you do um place nurses in those kind of different facilities what makes it even tougher as well of course correctional being one of them but uh even further from that is some of the contracts that they enter into and some of the wording that is being required from some of those contracts and uh, when you start to get into some of those contracts which is great for those entities but to a degree you got to be really careful because some of the the wording that is uh is required there is um uh, can be difficult. But at the same time, the marketplace really does shrink even further from there. Excess has become a big problem as well. Excess has, has become an issue. on non-auto has become an issue, particularly in the excess as well. The staffing space certainly has its fair share of challenges. It's, it is doable. It's placeable. It kind of depends on the size of them, but really depends on where they're being staffed and uh, the types of contracts that they're entering into as well. So, but there is there's definitely some of the claims activity that we're seeing in that space as well, particularly as it's relating to correctional, particularly as it's relating to L and D exposures and even nursing homes exposures as well. I mean, they're just they're going to be on the hook for a lot of those claims as well. That's associated with those industries, so it's definitely a um, a tougher area, one that we'll see some some increases that are associated with too. It's starting to to stable out a little bit, but still some tough placements, So, so something to kind of be aware of when you're getting into them.
0: All right. Let's talk about the toughest coverages. (laughs) We talked about tough coverage. Let's take it another level. What about cyber?
3: Yeah. uh, Where, where to begin? Um, Yeah. 2021 has been a, has been a challenging year. I mean, a lot of it started back in October of 2020 when uh, a few of the markets, uh, a few of the top markets really kind of started to, Put a pause or a change really on, um, on cyber, really started to reevaluate the industry in general. We've been diving into the cyberspace for over a decade now. It's been really easy up until uh, that time frame where there was about five bits of information that I needed and I could get a dozen quotes for you. Now, the insurance marketplace has really started to look under the hood and and see what kind of uh, security posture is in place for these, these clients. It's not a matter of having the right controls in place will grant you better premium. It's more of a matter or not that you either get coverage or you won't. Things like MFA is a big, big deal. Having endpoint detection response and a SOC in place is a big, big deal. Having backups, making sure that they're segmented and backed up daily and tested. You know, you need to make sure you go through a fire drill to make sure that if you have um, a ransomware event, are your backups going to be? Uh, are they going to work so you can get back online and so you can service your customers quickly? And then, of course, the last thing is uh, is in train is is training of your employees. Employees are still the number one threat to a cyber uh, security event. Teaching your your uh, employees what things to look out for, what to be aware of to avoid any of those kind of issues. I know we have them at CRC where we go through some training and from time to time we get a random email that uh, we need to. That's that's kind of our test, whether or not it's a phishing scam or not. But those in particular, there's a few other items, but those particular um, are, are really the big, big things that underwriters are looking for. And if you miss out on one, it's a problem. So it's very key when when agents are talking to insureds whether it's the CEO or the CFO, is making sure that the, the technical team, the IT team, the security team, uh, whether they have a CISO in place or not, review those applications because it's really important. A yes or no um, to, to one of the questions is very important and, and sometimes could result in situations where you very well cannot even get any coverage in place. So it's it's a challenge, and I think it will, believe it or not, 2022 is going to be even more challenging, uh, as we go into, uh, to the new year.
0: For sure. And another tough area, sexual misconduct. Uh, so. why, are you, why are you looking at me? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Bob, you want to <laughs> take this one? You have some knowledge on this <laughs> so, one? That's payback
2: for the, Yan- that's, that's payback for the Yankees. <laughs> <Yeah.
0: laughs>
1: Touche. Fair enough. That's good. That's good. um, yeah. So for us, that's been our challenge is, um, especially when you start getting into foster care risk adoption agencies, uh, it's it's just getting almost uninsurable. Um, there's been in the news over the course of the past, say, five to 10 years, um, some really nasty events that at academic medical centers. So there was Dr. Nasser at Michigan State University. Uh, there was Dr. Levy at Johns Hopkins. I mean, these are nine-figure settlements. And uh, USC is another one. And, and so when you look at some of some of these cases, you sit there and are, are, you know, not just our carrier partners, but their reinsurers as well. Uh, they're looking at this and saying, how do you underwrite it? And You know, it's how do you underwrite humans? You know, it's not quite cyber, you know, but even cyber. People are going to make mistakes. There are going to be breaches. And there's going to be some really bad people in the world. And there's going to be some really horrific events. But I can't tell you how to underwrite each and every individual and each and every employee to guarantee that I don't have a bad apple in there.
0: Well, Rusty, why don't you uh, uh, tell us a little bit about how using a CRC producer can uh, can help you? Obviously, these guys are super knowledgeable, right? We've uh, figured that out from this conversation. But uh, what advantages does a CRC producer, uh, either you guys at, at CRC Healthcare or ProPraxis with Bob Allen, what, what kind of advantages do you offer? Well,
2: I think two things set us apart from our competition, and that is exactly what we're doing here. We're very collaborative group of folks. Our healthcare group, it shares information. We're in constant communication about what market conditions, what's changing, what's new, what we need to be on the lookout for. How can we advise our clients on what to expect in the coming market? And then secondly, I think the biggest advantage uh, that we have uh, and why people should use us is we have the best in-house programs in the industry without question second to none. And the people responsible for running those programs and getting them out to the market are, are the best in the business in the healthcare industry. So that's what has always kept us out in front of the competitors is our in house programs, our in house capabilities, the ability to be seen in the market as experts because of the information that we have behind the scenes. You know, that's my opinion, but uh, a pretty strong one.
0: Well, great. Thank you guys very much. Uh, awesome podcast, as always. And uh, hope to check in with you again here uh, soon to, to figure out what, uh, you know, what happens as the year goes on. So, or next year, I guess, as we get into 2022. Bob, Rusty, Alex, thanks, guys. Appreciate Thank it. You. Be good. Take thanks. care. Are you ready to take your career to the next level? Join Team CRC to gain access to best-in-class tools, data, exclusive programs, and more. Send your resume to resumes at crcgroup.com and read testimonials from our recent hires on LinkedIn. Search for CRC.